Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your boy, Uncle Silk. Ahmad Black, you know what it is. And Dan Thompson back. Dan, Dan the All-American. What's going on? Y'all good? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Living, living our best life. Right now, I'm just riding the high of how much everybody liked my music choice from last week. Uh, hey, the people want you off these streets, man. I don't know. It's pretty mixed. When you say everybody, <laughs> like, what, what does that mean? Like, it does, <laughs> a, a certain, like someone's name is everybody or what? Like, Dude, it's it's funny. I was looking at the uh, the responses to it, and everybody was either like, I absolutely hated it or I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Somebody called it Amish music. Some people said, hey, you know, Dan knows where it's at with music. So I think that's what we're trying to do here, trying to appeal to everybody. I think you had like three people that liked that shit. Uh, I, I, I maybe think four. You probably paid <laughs> him to say that they liked it too. But like, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Those are my burner accounts. Those are my Kevin Durant accounts. <laughs> we had some. We had some real big energy in, in the swamp and in Gainesville this weekend, fellas. Big energy. Big energy. Hey, that's a that's uh, a hell of a time to get uh, get four commits right before uh, right before the uh, the dead period and right leading up into Friday Night Lights in a couple days. A couple weeks. Yeah. Let, let's 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 build it up. Uh, it's been a, a wild all season. A lot of drama, a lot of shenanigans. Uh, there's a lot of reports out there of how Florida, how bad Florida's offseason was going and, and how Dan Mullen was losing control. Uh, update things. Right now, we're the number seven class in the country. Uh, Dan Mullen landed four commits over the weekend. Things is getting going. How you feel about the way uh, things transition? We'll get into who committed and what we got, but how you feel about the, uh, the transition and the momentum here, Dan? Yeah, this is a perfect time to you're going to have a dead spot where you don't have really much going on uh, recruiting wise with a ton of visits and everything else. You don't have any practices going on. Uh, SEC media days is still a little bit away. Uh, you don't have any of these big camps going on. So right now, when a time when nobody can really talk about, you know, college sports or anything really breaking unless it's bad news, you know, Florida's on top of of recruiting. They, I think they've got the hot hand uh, going into, you know, they had the hot hand going into the spring. They have the hot hand going into the summer from recruiting. And, you know, they're going to pick it up with Friday Night Lights and, and start in spring practice a week before uh, everybody else does with that Miami game first. So they're, they're going to be at the top of the news cycle for a while now. Amat. Yo, yo, man. I, I, I think they're just going to rock out with, with this momentum, man. <clears throat> it can be big. You know what I'm I saying? Got, I got a quick question for you. Because me and you was talking over the weekend. We was talking about uh, – the commits and the take we took with Travez Johnson. And, and I was telling you, your boy Finley need to jump on board, man. He might lose that spot. How you feel about uh, Finley Graham and, and the Lakeland kid, man? That's right up your alley, man. Man, I, I love Finley Graham, man. You know, I had I had a coach actually uh, write me and ask me how did I feel about him. And I, I told him I loved him. Of course, you know, he's he from back home, hometown kid. And uh, he said, man, because that guy reminds me a lot like you on film. And, you know, that's cool, man. It's just, I look at his film, man, and I – Shoot, he way faster than what I was by any means, you know, but he, he's a great kid on and off the field. He makes plays. I'm excited to see him in that orange and blue. You already know that. Okay, Finley Graham's a three-star defensive back uh, out of Lakeland, Florida. Uh, also a return specialist. He's going to be real electric in the return game. Yeah. I'd like to see the ball in his hands. That, that's where I think that he plays. I, I think that, you know, Dan Mullen might be looking for that guy, you know, maybe like Brandon James. I know that's what everybody goes back to, but that guy that he can trust with the ball, uh, he's a guy that has shown that he can be electric. He had, what, a 99-yard uh, return in that state championship game against uh, St. Thomas. But the guy's electric with the ball in his hands. And so if you can take one of your top DBs or wide receivers – 
and not put them back there because you trust another guy uh, that knows what he's doing, that spends all his time, you know, on kick return and punt return and and making those, you know, looking you know, out for those, uh, those gaps and, and, and following his blockers and everything else, then you're, you're putting one less, uh, key position guy at risk too. Okay. And another, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Grant, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's, that's real big. You know, it's, you know, Dan said, said, uh, what Dan said was cool, man. And, and good. Um, you know, just taking that extra load off of those guys who, who been, you know, on the field for a six, seven, eight, nine play drive, and then got to go back there and return punts, man. You know, if you got somebody coming up that's real fresh or has played less plays than that on that drive, man, that they can come in and, and be electrifying, that's huge. And most importantly, secure the uh, – we had some point return issue with Tony last year with him just securing the catch. So, most importantly, not turning it back over. But also, we got my man Travis Johnson, three-star defensive back out of Jacksonville, Washington Trail High School. I like the kid. Um, there was some questions amongst Gator fans and even writers uh, about the take. Uh, I'm always one that error to the side of speed, man, and athleticism. He's originally a baseball player, uh, hasn't camped a whole lot, so there's not a whole lot of film and stuff out there on him as far as camp-wise, and there's no, really wasn't a whole lot of opportunities to up his ranking. But from what I've seen as far as his film, I think it's violent. I do think he needs some work in, in certain areas of his game. But if you're going to get a project, I mean, error to the side of speed, man. He's a kid that can fly. He ran 4-4-1 at several camps this summer, man. Yeah, and I, I like I, I like him. I, I don't know a ton about him. Like you said, I know he hasn't been much on the camp circuit either, so I'm curious to see how he kind of pans out and then obviously his senior year. But I think of Torian Gray, a guy that coached in the NFL for you know for some time and obviously has put a bunch of defensive backs in the NFL uh, like him than then I like him. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see where, where he kind of fits in, you know, big picture some of these other bigger targets that Florida's going after uh, want to come in or we're going after want to go in. Uh, you know, but I also know Silk, you and I were talking about it with Ahmad this weekend. You know, it's kind of a down year for for defensive backs as a whole. So you take the guy with the speed, you can teach him technique. You know, hopefully Florida doesn't need him to to produce for two or three years. You get his, you know, uh, his you know his abilities down, and you, you can't coach at speed. So you know, I trust Torian Gray. I tr- tr- uh, trust that staff. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you, Dan. I, I trust I trust the staff. I trust Torian. I trust the uh, player development um, process that we got going on. Um, he, he makes he makes plays. A good player come up and hit. That's what we need. We need somebody coming up and, and, and causing some hell in that back end. I think I think we've been missing that. We we starting to get it back though, but we need somebody yeah. to come up and start busting some ass, man. I wonder if they gave him a, an ultimatum of a you have to commit now or or move on. Maybe well, I listened to me for a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he was on campus last week, um, and I think they offer him. But a lot of times when you offer, I don't think they're going to go the whole Urban Meyer route and make him commit without his parents, like like Ahmad said, Urban did. <laughs> but they had him come back the following week with, with the family in tow, and I'm pretty sure they knew they had his commit when he left from camping. So that's pretty much how it went down. I'm not – is it early for the take? Yeah, but I'm going to trust Dan Mullen on evaluating. This staff doesn't take guys off the whim. They like to evaluate and take their time, as we all know. They don't just take a guy just for a, a momentum boost. They, they don't care about perception. They evaluate. They're not looking at stars. And they, they get the guy that they want. So I'm, I'm cool with the take, man. My staff sat down and evaluated and took him. Knowing that we had a guy like, um, I'm forgetting his name, Henry Williams? Gray. 
Henry Gray. Henry Gray. Yep. Yeah, knowing you got a guy like Henry Gray that's probably going to follow Derek Wingo, who we're going to talk about later. You had him in the fold on, on the back burner, a guy you can land, and you still go out the lower ring guy that you really like. So I'm impressed with them just like going on their board and going with guys that they like and not caring about the perception. I, those guys are really logged out as far as what Twitter is talking about and the message boards. They're kind of logged out and not, it's not phasing them. Yeah, we talked about this on the Gator panel. I think it's going to be the same with the coaching staff. I don't ever think you're going to see Dan Mullen hire a super uh, trendy coach or that super hot name coach just because he he wants to. Same way, I don't think he's going to recruit just to get that hot, flashy name. You know, towards the end of Urban's time, even at Florida, he was just throwing offers at four stars and five star guys just because they were ranked in the top 100. Uh, you know, Jeremy Finch is one. He didn't even he didn't even call him. He just offered him a, a scholarship opportunity and said, "Hey, come down or don't." Uh, but he saw his name because he scrolled the top 100. And Ahmad, I don't know if that's your boy, but uh, you know, that's kind of how that went down. But uh, I'm about fans, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, but but I think that you know, with, with Dan Mullen on offense, and you know, some of the coaches that he has, you know, on defense, they're always going to go after guys that they feel either fit their scheme and they can improve, or they're guys that already fit their scheme and you know, continue to develop them. I think a lot of it too is also how how they are as 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 people that has a lot to do with what type of people they bring in. Uh, I think they look at the character of the guys. I think they look at, at the character of the coaches and how they, how they conduct themselves. And, you know, if they have, uh, you know, stuff going on outside of football and, 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 and what's they do, you know? So, um, I think that, like I say, character, their, their, their character and, and how they go about themselves and their everyday life has, has a lot to do with it. Okay, another commit we got was my man uh, Lamar Goods, four-star defensive tackle. He kind of kicked everything off. He's originally from Canada, uh, playing ball in Connecticut right now in Oakdale. A must, a, a must need, man. Right now we got three good bodies at defensive tackle. I would like to see us get a, at least another one. Uh, maybe Tim Smith or somebody else involved. But Lamar Goods was a guy that was committed to Kentucky. He came on official visit. We got him to decommit right after the official visit. And then he flipped. I like his film. I think he's a lot like T.J. Slayton, one a guy that can just eat up space, and, and I think he's gonna be a good commodity for. It. I mean, those guys at the size right now, the defense tackles that we're getting between him and Dexter Gervin, those guys are gonna play early. They got the size to be able to get on the field pretty early, man. Yeah, I like I like his push uh, when in, in some of the tape that I watched about him. I, I don't know a ton about him. I know that Georgia uh, tried to make a last ditch uh, opportunity <laughs> to try to get him on campus right before he committed, uh, which is obviously either uh, which is either good for for his skill set or or Kirby Smart just trolling. But at the end of the day, I like the way that he he pushes uh, at the the line. I think he's got a couple of moves. I think he's obviously still a guy that's that's improving himself. You know, I don't know much about the uh, the competition that he's facing. Uh, up there in Connecticut, but still, he's got the size, and you know, you you, you need you need that body. And I mean, you can't teach you know six four two ninety, and he doesn't look like he's a guy that's got a ton of terrible weight on him either. Yeah, he's he's a guy that I like. And the biggest the biggest commit we got came last night, man. Was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. Uh, all this, all this is Saturday kind of night. Running. Saturday night. Yeah, all this is kind of running together for me, man. But. Saturday night, I started getting uh, hit up in my DMs about Derrick Wingo being on campus again. He had several of these sneaky visits where Dan Mullen, like I said, he don't care about the headlines. He's not telling nobody these kids are coming. We don't need the presses, man. We just want to get kids on campus and land them. But I started getting rumors that he was on campus, and this thing may go down today. 
So I just kind of ended everything I was doing, <laughs> just watching the timeline. But four-star linebacker out of St. Thomas Aquinas, the, the, the top linebacker in the state of Florida, was uh, committed to Penn State, and we flipped him like we flipped flip Lamar Good. So it's flip season. How you feel hey. about him, Dan? That's, that's your people, right? Hey, yeah, yeah. And I five four, baby. Hold it down. Uh, that, that's Nick Delatore's school. Uh, and I'll never represent St. Thomas Aquinas. Went to beautiful Coral Springs High School up there in North Broward. But uh, no, I oh, like I like him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like him. I think he's a good player. <laughs> you guys are idiots. Um, he uh, he's he's got good size, man. He's fast. He's fast. I like him. Uh, I like the way that he plays. And and I like. The fact that other people want to play with him, absolutely. Uh, you've got that DB that's with him, and, and you know he's a guy that's going to go and he's going to recruit, and people want to play with people like him. The same way Brandon Spikes wanted to play with Tim Tebow, and a lot of these big name prospects follow other big name prospects because they want to either be in the same backfield with them or they want to be in the same locker room with them. Man, I like Derek Wingo. He's gonna he's gonna attract a lot of people. And what I also like is there was an article on. Mark Wheeler's site. Yeah, uh, real good article. Real yeah, good article. Uh, Inside the Gators or, or whatever it is. But anyway, uh, there's a really good article written by his mom, I think, uh, that talked about how good the staff was to them and to their family and how they didn't, you know, diss Penn State. They didn't throw uh, Penn State under the water. They didn't, or under the bridge. They didn't try to, you know, force this commitment. They just said, hey, this is what we offer. And, you know, ultimately were able to get them to pull the trigger. I was at the opening uh, early in this year, opening tryouts. I got to see him in person, move around and run around a little bit, man. And watch kids. I just watch kids gravitate around him. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever they was taking the break or whenever the other linebackers doing drill, everybody gravitated toward the kid. Those are kids you want, man. Uh, I think his personality is a lot like Trayvon Grimes, real big, yeah. and people just want to be around. Him. So I think that was our, maybe our biggest. Last year we had the one black that kind of was that big name, big recruit, even though he didn't qualify. He was a big name in Canada. Just kicked everything for it, and other guys started coming on. So I think this is that guy for that this cycle. Yeah, and I mean, you beat some some good recruiters too. You beat Ohio State. You beat Jawan Sider. I mean, you beat some some. And obviously, you know, any school in the country would probably take the kids. So you beat a lot of big schools for him. And to uh, to get a guy like him this early in the process, I mean, you have what at six months if if he signs early uh, to get him to to get his boys uh, on board. So so I like him a lot, and I think he's going to be a big impact player from the first day. You also need them type of guys in your locker room. Uh, you know, them are your leaders when when it's crunch time. You know, absolutely need somebody to, to to make a play or or get somebody riled up to make a play. Them the type of guys right there, the ones who who can gravitate other guys towards them. Yep, and make plays in big plays in big time uh, moments of the game. Just like just like Dan just said, with, when when you had spikes and and, and Tebow want to play with each other, those are the two guys everybody gravitated towards in those championship runs. Man, uh, we still got two. During the dead period, we have dead period going on. The dead period started today. Pretty much the whole month of June, uh, recruits can't be contacted unless they contact the, the, the coaches or the staff. So we can't really reach out. There's no official visits. There's no unofficial visit. It's dead. But we got some commitments that's going to happen during the dead period or some, some announcements at least. Uh, we have Antoine Powell, four-star defensive end out of Portsmouth, Virginia. He's deciding the 4th of July. I'm feeling really good about him right now. I think we land him. Uh, we'll see if anything changes between now and then. But right now, the staff feel really good about him and also Richie Leonard, three-star offensive guard out of Cocoa Beach. He's deciding July 5th. Yeah, it looks good for the uh, for the Gators right now on the recruiting trail. But uh, 
Before we uh, keep going, or as we keep going, when we're talking about recruiting, we wanted to bring on uh, Barrett Salee. Barrett Salee from CBS Sports. Barrett, how are you? I'm good, guys. What's happening? Hey, man. Thanks so much for coming on, and it's a uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, welcome you to Stadium and Gale. Uh, hey, Barrett, uh, we wanted to talk, obviously, the Florida Gators podcast. Talk to us a little bit about how you, uh, you think the, the Gators are going to do this year and how they finished up last year. I thought they finished up great. Uh, you know, for Felipe Franks, getting benched for, what, 36 hours really uh, really helped him, <laughs> obviously, because he, he came out against South Carolina with a chip on his shoulder and, and finished strong. And, and that, to me, you know, the fact that, that he posted the, the best, you know, uh, year from a quarterback since Tim Tebow in, in 09 uh, is really promising, considering he, was, uh, he wasn't exactly sharp for – you know, more than two thirds of the season. So um, that coupled with the fact that there was really never any doubt he was the quarterback this spring, um, you know, makes me makes me excited about his future. I think the the one thing for Florida and, and Florida fans is um, don't I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't expect a, anything much different than than what you saw last year in terms of of overall team success. It, I think it'll look different, um, but. Uh, you know, I think this is a, it's not a necessarily a slow build. It's more of a slow catch up uh, to, to Georgia because Georgia, a lot like Florida, had a lot of the same issues. Uh, roster was, was talented, but underdeveloped. Uh, Georgia has a key, you know, obviously a two year head start with Kirby Smart. And, and I think Dan's the right kind of coach. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know what, you know, being competitive, you know, contending for a New Year's Six bowl game, maybe getting another one. That's kind of where Florida's probably is going to be in my mind. I think part of that is, or most of that anyway, is due to the fact that, you know, from an offensive line standpoint, you know, you lose four starters. That's a problem, especially yeah. when you look at, at who they got to play. I mean, I'm not to say Florida's going to lose to Miami, but that's a good defensive front. You know, Auburn offensively is not going to be that great, but that's a really good, probably the best defensive front in the nation. Um, you know, you throw in Georgia, talented under, uh, but underperformed last year, still talented though. So, uh, LSU, same thing. So, you know, for Florida, I, I expect that to sort of be what uh, prevents them from, from being, you know, as, as relevant as maybe they will be, you know, moving forward in years three and four for Dan Mullen. Do you chalk that up to some worries on the offensive line, or do you chalk that up to just the talent that they're going to face is maybe just a little bit more developed or just a little bit further along? I mean, it's a little bit of both. I would say more just the fact that the, the teams on the schedule this year, the, the really good teams, the strength of those really good or pretty good teams is, you know, going to play into Florida's weakness. And, you know, that's, um, you know, I don't think McIlwain necessarily, um, you know, did a good job of, of getting <laughs> offensive linemen, developing offensive linemen. Yeah, uh, you oh, said that's it. Not, that's not <laughs> so, breaking so, news yeah. by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. <laughs> But, um, you know, I think ultimately that's – I think it, it all traces kind of back to that. Uh, yeah. You could scheme around it if, if um, you know, you're playing uh, teams that aren't necessarily as stout as some of the teams Ford is playing up front. But, um, you know, it's just uh, – those are the breaks. And, and yeah. because of that, I think Florida's going to be a little – I wouldn't say inconsistent, just um, not really necessarily as trustworthy as maybe they should be. Yeah, I got – so following that up, we talked a little bit about this last week. We had Reed L. Anthony on last week, and then uh, we had Jeff Demps actually on a, a couple weeks before that. And we were talking to both of them just about Florida's skill positions at uh, at running back and wide receiver, and then we're going to talk tight ends a little bit later today. How do you think that Florida's skill positions uh, – we think that this might be the deepest Florida's been at the skill position since maybe that 08 
year. Do you agree? Are you still a little uncertain? It's a little unproven to you? Or, or what are your thoughts at running back and wide receiver? I would say a little unproven at, at running back behind P. Ryan. I mean, I love P. Ryan. Uh, behind him, and, you know, okay, there's, there's some issues with, with the, you know, with, with everybody yeah. else here or there. You know, they're, they're, you can pick apart, okay, Davis is hurt, or, yeah. um, you know, you, you don't have, uh, you know, a true bruiser behind the Michael P. Ryan. You, you know, Pierce is, is okay, you know, but yeah. not, not proven. So, you know, I, I think from a running back perspective, potential, yes, um, but uh, concern, not so concern, but uh, skeptic, finding a way to be skeptical, sure, you can find a way to be skeptical because there are valid reasons to do that. Uh, and wide receiver, you know, I, I, I can't poke any holes. I mean, honestly, best skill position group since, uh, since Urban Tayday, I think that's yeah. very fair. Um, you know, I've, I've loved Freddie Swain since I saw him as a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think he, I thought he'd be better in college, honestly. And I still think he can be that guy. Um, and, and so you can, you, you pair him with, with Van and, and with Trevon Grimes and, and really, I mean, some of these other guys, I mean, I swear Hammond's been there for, for 15 years. <laughs> I mean, we got, you know, brother, so I don't know. They kind of run together probably, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it's, um, you know, I, I think from a receiver standpoint, hundred percent, I think that it's the best skill position set that they've had since, since, uh, you know, Tim Tebow's time at quarterback and running back. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're pretty darn solid. Yeah. I would say, you know, with when 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 the other folks were there, you know, a couple of years ago, Scarlett and those guys, when they were uh, when Peter Ryan, I think, was a freshman, that was uh, maybe a little bit more proven group of running backs. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, this group is is certainly ca- capable of becoming that. Yeah, and then uh, I guess one final question. I know the other guys want to hop in. Is where do you see Kadarius Tony and? trying to you know fit into this offense and you know it seems like florida i mean we just talked to all wide receivers there uh it seems like florida's got a, a ton of depth there at the wide receiver position how do you think that florida might be able to get the ball into the hands of a pretty proven running back and lamichael p ryan some pretty good wide receivers obviously some tight ends that are up and coming how do you kind of see that the ball kind of getting spread around uh to make sure that everybody is i guess everybody's kept on their toes well, spread around is the right way to put it because, you know, I think you, you spread teams, you know, east and west a little bit to, you know, overcompensate a little bit for, for some deficiencies in the offensive line. So, you know, getting creative with how to use Kadarius Tony, giving a lot of misdirection, you know, things like that. Um, you know, Tony can be a big part of that. And, you know, I'm, he's not going to go out there and be Bugs Bunny like in, that, in, uh, in the cartoon and play all nine baseball positions, but he probably could. So, you know, utilize that. Make sure, yeah. you know, he's a Swiss Army knife and let him be a Swiss Army knife. And if you do that, um, you know, it, it keeps the defense guessing and it allows, I think, Dan Mullen to, to sort of look in the mirror and say, all right, look, the, the offensive line's not going to be great, nor do you expect it to be great. But, um, you know, if you can keep, if you can keep some, uh, some eye candy going and, and, and trying to, uh, you know, force those defensive players, whoever they are, to, uh, to maintain eye discipline, Kadarius Tony's the right guy to do it. Uh, you can you can run power up with Michael P. Ryan off of that. You can get over creative and and look. That's why Dan Mullen has, is a head coach. That's why he got the Mississippi State job. Um, you know, doing using the whole Percy Harvin position to to his advantage of Florida. So I'd expect a lot of the same stuff because you know if, if Dan's proven anything, it's the fact that offensively he can find ways to make things work with personnel that really isn't that great. Because I mean, let's be honest. Two years ago. I mean, he made Nick Fitzgerald look good and made NFL scouts think Nick Fitzgerald was an NFL prospect. Yeah. It just seems mind-boggling to me. Yeah. 
I mean, the next year you found out real fast that Nick Fitzgerald, that he wasn't that good. You found out real fast. Yeah. Uh, here's my question. Uh, you, you're a Georgia alum at, at heart. What, what is up with Kirby Smart and his beef with Mullen? A lot of off field shenanigans this year. Ahmad, you're falling into the trap. I'm not a Georgia homer. That was that was so good. close enough. Nah, yeah, wrong, I, uh, black, wrong black guy, bro. Hey, look, no, why, why, are you trying, <laughs> sorry. Why, why are you trying to have Twitter coming after me? All right, you trying to have the whole time. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Coming after me, all right? That wasn't me, all right? What do you my feel bad, about this back bad. and forth? The back and forth between Dan Mullen and Kirby Smart. What's your opinion on it? I know it's good for the rivalry, but how do you feel about it? It's good for the rivalry. Good for the game. Right. Like I, I am not one of these people to sit here and say, you know, uh, people should speak their mind and they get all pissed when they do. Um, you know, uh, sports are supposed to be fun. I mean, last time I checked, this is a game. Right. And, and, you know, players can take it serious. Coaches can take it serious. Fans can, fans can take it serious. But we're all still talking about a game, not to you know go, get to the full Allen Iverson rant uh, quite yet in, <laughs> in, in this segment. But. Um, you know, it's the same stuff with Baker Mayfield when he was talking trash about Sam Ellinger last week. Like, fine, bring it on. Because we sit here, a lot, well, not we, um, a lot of people in our industry and, and fans, too, sit there and, and get all bored with, you know, the constant stream of coaching cliches and player cliches and, you know, the, the, the rehearsed uh, spiel that, um, that, that Kevin Costner taught Nuka Luch and Bull Durham about how to answer every question. Like, people get sick of that. And so they want personality. And then the second somebody shows personality, they're like, what the hell are you doing? You can't say that. That's classless. Well, no, just be, have fun. Right? Like, if Dan Mullen wants to troll Georgia with a spring game attendance, fine. If I was Dan, like, honestly, I was a little disappointed in Dan. <laughs> if, if After that, I'd have said, hell yeah, with a reference to Georgia. Look how funny that is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, why not? Absolutely. Credit, huh? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you so, know, it's, it's supposed to be fun. Let's have some fun. It's good for the game. All right. So, so this is my. Uh, so, what do you feel about Emory Jones and will we utilize him a little bit more this year? I uh, I saw Emory at a camp or two uh, when he was in high school, and I mean, it, he needs a lot of. I, I, this is my opinion from back then. He needs to refine his, his arm a lot. Um, you know, and he might have. Uh, you know, in the in the past year or so, when he was been at Florida and. Um, you know, protecting his red shirt was, I think, the right thing to do, especially because Felipe Franks was, you know, clearly, um, you know, in control of that job down the stretch. And, and the fact that you, you, you had faith in Kyle Trask enough to, to give him Felipe's job for 36 hours, um, you know, let, let Emery's kind of simmer and, and learn. And, and I think that they can use him. Uh, I don't necessarily know how, how they would or why they would, though, um, because if he can't if he hasn't picked up as many of the passing concepts as, as he needs to, I don't see why you would pull Felipe for him, um, even in situations, specific situations, because, you know, Felipe can do that. Um, if you want to get involved as, uh, as a runner, okay, but why can't Kadarius Tony do that? Because he could probably do it better, at least because of the experience. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what the, what the plan will be or, will, or, or should be for Emory Jones. Um, and I think that's actually a pretty interesting um, dynamic to that to the season because you know he's Dan's guy. You know that's that's Dan's quarterback. But if you don't give him responsibilities as a redshirt freshman, it's the day and age of transfers, right? Um, so how does Dan manage that? How does Dan manage expectations? How does he manage playing time? 
Um, will he do things um, within a game to put Emory Jones in just to keep him satisfied? I don't know, but I, that's exactly why Urban Meyer played Tate Martell last year because they put him in some weird situations where he had no business playing because they wanted to keep him around. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen, but um, you know, I, I, I wonder if they'll they'll try to do something similar with Emory Jones because if, if they do, um, I just I that always scares me a little bit because it does at least run a, a pretty big chance of backfiring um, because that I think that those players that aren't ready. Um, you know, tend to make a few more mistakes. Yeah, I, th- I thought he, I thought he showed some flashes and also showed some loose hands every now and then with the ball when he got in last year. We got uh, Miami. You say you like the defensive line um, already. We got Miami the first game of the season. How you feel about that matchup for us? I think it's going to be extremely sloppy, which is the ki- kind of the way I expect it and want it, honestly, because um, you know I. I think it's going to – it's for week zero, I'm not the biggest fan of, of the game being played on week zero, to, to be honest with you. I think if you want to make week zero a thing, make it a group of five thing and make, make, only, make home games available only to group of five teams. Now, you could put uh, an FBS team against a group of five team on the road like Arizona versus Hawaii this year, and that's fine. I, I, I don't like picking and choosing big games to move up a week because it does give an advantage to, to those teams that have an extra bye week. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that uh, the floor is going to be pretty darn conservative, uh, knowing that, you know, Shaq Quarterman and those guys from Miami are, are um, pretty darn experienced. And, um, you know, and that might lend itself to, to a little bit of a sloppy football, football game or an old school football game. And that's fine. Uh, and then for Miami, <laughs> I mean, Florida's got some defensive turnover and, and that's, you know, it, that is what it is. You deal with that. But, you know, is is Miami going to really take a ton of chances with Tate Martell against a Todd Grantham defense, knowing that on third down, Todd Grantham's going to send like 14 guys? I don't, probably not. <laughs> you know, so um, I just I just think it's going to be a defensive slugfest. I think you're unfortunately in in this day and age of everybody being pissed about everything, um, you're going to have a lot of people after that game saying, "Oh, both those teams suck," and and that's probably not going to be the case for both of the teams after the game. Do you do you have Tate Martell penciled in as a starter? You think for Miami? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they what? They'll, they'll sit really? There and, I mean, Nikosi Perry was was good at times. Yeah. Um, mm. Trustworthy? I don't know. Probably not. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's, it, it, Tate Tate's there. Tate's there because it's his job. I yeah. mean, they, they're 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 not going to. Uh, he's going to get the first crack at it. Now, yeah. if he goes out there and Florida just lights him up and, and, you know, he has no idea what to do with the football, which is very possible. Because it's, it's not it's, like the guys it's going down there. Yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. We're not sure. So, I mean, on. yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, I, I would imagine he gets the first shot, but would I be floored if they went into the, the game and said, all right, look, you're, Tate, you're getting the first shot. And then we're going to put, you know, Perry or Williams in and figure it out from there. I wouldn't be totally surprised at that. And um, if you're Tate Martell and you get benched early in your your career at Miami, I I I just can't wait to that off season drama or mid season drama. Because, yeah, I'm uh, here. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Tate, I'm uh, here for the mid season transfer portal talk. Tate so, Tate loved him some Tate. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. So, so tell me, uh, how do you feel about Lorenzo Lingard? I know he's getting a lot of pub right now. Supposedly he's coming back and supposed to be the savior. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't trust anybody, honestly, when, when it comes to that. But, um, you know, 
Lingard, I honestly, I, I don't, I just can't trust anybody to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I, I think for in that matchup, um, you know, it's all hands on deck and we'll see what happens. How, how many points do you have Florida winning by? Oh, can I give you, can I give you, can it be a four to two game? <laughs> uh, you think it's going to be that sloppy, huh? I think we both raised yeah. people, man. I think we're year two in our offense, man. Offensive line, I think, this is my opinion. I think offensive line-wise, Dan does a good job masking our defic- uh, 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 the stuff we can't do. So I think we'll see a lot of bubble screens, a lot of running the ball, a lot of uh, read option stuff. Felipe got real good with that in the offseason. But I think it's year two in our system. I think Dan Mullen, with, with the whole country watching, I don't think he's going to be conservative. I think he's going to try to boat race these people. Well, no, he will for sure. I, mean, I was just joking about four too. Um, no, I mean, I do think Florida's going to win. I, you yeah. know, I just the skill position players are there, and yeah. and Dan will have enough, at least in terms of creativity, to 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 do something. Um, you know, to 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 find a way to, to to spring a big play or two. I honestly, looking at Miami, I I don't know if they're capable of that. I mean, I just I just they don't have the bodies right now and you look across yeah. their offensive line what they were they returned two or they returned two of their starters right so you know it, florida's defensive front is is yeah. solid even though they're replacing some folks um but you know you trust grantham to, to take advantage of something like that and be creative so i i do think that they'll find a way florida will find a way um to pull away uh late i don't know what the line is right now it was like two and a half and three a half. or something like that it's eight and a half. It's eight and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're you're yeah. you're the Dang. most conservative person we've had on. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> wow, I did not know it was eight and a half. Uh, yeah, and I think it might be cl- it, it climbed. I think it was originally seven or seven and a half. I'd still probably take Florida minus yeah. eight and a half. I see. I see it. I wouldn't hey, feel Bear. comfortable about it. I mean, I honestly wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't feel real comfortable about it. I'd yeah. still probably take it. Yeah, I got you. Hey, Barry, you're you're closer to the Georgia program than than we are, obviously. Uh, what are your thoughts on this JJ Holloman uh, situation and the way that Kirby's handled it, or or you know delayed maybe, or, or what? What are your thoughts, or what do you know? Well, um, the fact that it was a year old, um, you know, two sides of that. Uh, it's a year old, and no charges were brought. So, I mean, how do you how do you you know? fully discipline somebody if there's nothing to um, suggest that it actually happened from a, from a, from a legal standpoint. In fact, there's stuff that there's a lot to suggest it didn't happen from a legal standpoint at the time last year. So I kind of get that. I still, you know, it's I, something like that. You still want to, to set a tone, especially for a young, a relatively, you know, young coach and Kirby smart. Um, so I, I'm surprised that nothing was done last year. Um, not, not necessarily dismissal from the team, but at least a, a suspension for, for a little while or whatever, while the, the case was sort of ongoing and, and out there. Um, but now that it happened and, and, you know, charges were brought, then to me, I mean, he had no other choice. Um, but, you know, and I would, I would certainly have, have at least considered something beforehand last year mm-hmm. um, after, you know, the situation happened. Um, but I, I, you know, at the same time, I fully understand, you know, letting the legal system play out because you can't rush a judgment. Um, w- on the football side, I mean, you couldn't really handpick a worse spot for, yeah, I mean, it's, I like Tyler Simmons. I, they can use him in a lot of different ways. I mean, the cager kid, I, okay for Miami. He's, you know, he wasn't great, but he's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Demetrius Robertson, I'd love to know where he was last year. Um, apparently he did, <laughs> 
fought for fought for a waiver and then decided to not really play, even though he could. Um, but but I, I love the fact that he's there, and if he can reach his potential, then you know, all right, that's great. Um, there's just so much inexperience, and and you know, Holloman is really the only guy who had enough of it, and really. I mean, you go back and watch him last year. He kind of became Jake Fromm's kind of safety net, kind of his go-to guy, um, you know, because they, they really didn't have that, um, you know, going into the season. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's going to be tough. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough spot for them to lose. I think the one, you know, sort of, I wouldn't say saving grace, but the one, um, you know, one thing that Georgia folks can say, all right, well, this, this might be a way to negate it a little bit is uh, the fact that, you know, you, I think you, you will see them use wider, uh, running backs out of the backfield um, as receivers a lot more this year. Uh, Cheney did that with DeAndre Swift, but he didn't do it with, with all the running backs. I think they can probably get a little bit more creative and probably will get more creative with Coley calling the plays. Um, so that might you know, negate a little bit of that. But um, like I said, if you, if you were to handpick a position group where, where you didn't want to lose somebody, it was, uh, it, I, I guarantee you every single Georgia coach would say it's wide receiver. Yeah, it's gonna be tough because I think that's her what top four, top five wide receivers or, or pass catchers he's from last he's year. He's leading, yeah, top five maybe. Yeah, because yeah, because they lost uh, Ridley, uh, Hardman, uh, Nada, Nada, him. So at least and top yeah. four. And, so yeah, so oof. I mean, uh, I I think their leading returning receiver now is DeAndre Swift. Which I mean, look, DeAndre Swift's good, but um, yeah. you know it's. <laughs> that's still a, a tough spot to be in. So, yeah, I mean, again, I like, I like Demetrius Robertson, you know, from a skill standpoint, yeah. I like, um, I like Tyler Simmons can be awesome, especially on jet mm-hmm. that dude can fly. But I mean, Trey Blunt, you know, okay. Live up to the hype. You're, you're yeah. Matt Landers. I mean, li- you, you, you better hope some of these guys mature quickly and they might, but yeah. not necessarily a comfortable place yeah. to be. Yeah. We're here. We're here for Georgia struggles. Well, uh, well, bear, we really appreciate you coming on, uh, hanging out with us on stadium and Gale today. Uh, hopefully we can get you back on, uh, either closer to the season or during the season, but I hope you have a, a great rest of your night and, uh, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks boy. Thanks a lot. Uh, bear. All right, bear. That was good stuff, man. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what George is going to do. I was just looking at their, uh, receiving core. Uh, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle a lot this year. Yeah. And hopefully they, I don't want to say hopefully it gets, but you got to survive attrition as well. You know what I'm saying? So they also got to stay healthy all the way until they get to Jacksonville, bro. And I'm not feeling sorry for anything in Athens. Man, I'm, we, I'm, no, I, hope, no. I, hope, I hope we call timeouts and all this year. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't lying, boy. We got to call timeouts and all because I just hate Georgia. They hell, man. They, I hate Georgia. We had some <laughs> shenanigans going on with the players on the timeline with Matt Iverson, Clements, and whatnot. Dan, what, what was what was actually going on? Uh, yeah, to Miami. Yeah, Iverson, Clement. Uh, I think today, which was uh, today's Monday. So let me see exactly what he said because I know that he got the uh, the timer riled up, and I know a bunch of people were butthurt about it. Uh, so Iverson, Clement, redshirt freshman. I don't think he played at all for the Gators last year. I'm curious to see how he does uh, this year. But anyway, uh, he said watching film on them Miami boys, and oh man, it's about to get ugly for them boys real fast. Uh, and then, so that follows up Andrew Chatfield saying in the spring, uh, I'll just kind of paraphrase. He said, I don't really see them Miami as a challenge. Uh, we face sec teams, big boy teams. They faced one sec team. We got smashed by LSU last time I checked. 
it's whatever though. It's just another game. So, uh, Ahmad, I know that you're a type of guy that likes that energy from those players. What are your thoughts? I mean, I love the energy, but I mean, sometimes we gotta, you gotta know when to say it and how to say it and who to let say it. I mean, who, just, who I like, I like who to let say. It. I ain't mad at the energy. Look, I, I look, I, hey, if you if you go out there and, and, and shoot, you score three touchdowns in the game or two. You know, we playing Florida State. You break or you you run for fifty yard touchdown in the bowl game. All right. But if you ain't touched the ball and you, and you got, you know, somebody say, obviously, Clement, a uh, whole uh, <laughs> highlights could be a Snapchat. Now, check this out. <laughs> I, I appreciate him pissing off all the poverty of day with one tweet. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless, I prefer a starter said. I'm not even mad that a starter's not saying it. Them boys is focused. They dialed in. A backup saying it don't really bother me at all, man. We're going to run down their throat regardless, but... I'm glad he pissed off all the day, man. I, I think what's funny is how mad Dade County got about a redshirt freshman white or running back that's never snapped the ball in his life uh, saying something about it. And it got him got them boys real butt hurt. Yeah, but but I ain't gonna lie though, Iverson funny, bro. Y'all just gotta watch his tweets, man. Uh, y'all go follow Iverson Clement if you don't follow Iverson, man. This dude, one of the funniest dudes I, I follow on Twitter. I gotta follow him. I don't follow him. I met him in person, real quick. Cool dude, dude, funny, man. Dude, funny. Dope, dope ass barber. <laughs> Fade game is ridiculous. Oh, yeah? But, yeah, he could cut? Yeah, he could cut up something serious, man. Um, Got some dope-ass fades. But I'm not mad at it. Though. Like I said, I like it. And why, the meanwhile, while they was arguing with our running back, man, they had Aston Martin just hit the portal. Like, it was like mid-argument, he got out of there, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What were you? It was Airbnb you? Airbnb, you man. Like, he came down, came down for the uh, came down for the winter. Ready to uh, ready to yeah. go back. He's a, a uh, Porter Snowbird, bro. He just came out here to get away from the winter for a little <laughs> bit and then head back up north. I'm not mad at it. This man said Porter Snowbird, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's the name of the podcast today, Portal Snowbird. Snowbird. Uh, I love and, it. No, I just hope I, I haven't seen this much energy from the players talking about a rival uh, since since the boys was yeah. it Marco or not Marco was it uh, Quincy that was talking about uh, Tennessee a few years ago. So yeah. I'm hoping that they can back it up this year. Uh, you know, Iverson, Clement, whatever. Uh, you know, I think Barrett said it best. Some people just get so bent out of shape. Like, like he's what 19 years old. Let the kid have fun, man. Yeah, talk that shit. He's gonna play. I mean, he's gonna be a special yeah, teams yeah. guy. He'll get in on punts and stuff he's like that. Game. But yeah, he's, he's, he's good coming out of the backfield. He's got good hands. So uh, I mean, that's another potential weapon. I don't know if it's gonna be this year or next year, but uh, he, he's got good hands coming out of the backfield. What I what I love about Iverson, man, is his toughness. That man, that's a tough kid. Uh, he 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 love he love the contact. So man, every everything about Iverson, man, just keep doing you, little Iverson, man. We, we ready. <laughs> We want ready. We're here for it, dog. We, we, we with all the shenanigans. We want all the smoke, Iverson. So keep it up. So hey. this week we, we're discussing a uh, position group every week. This week is tight end group. So while we're discussing tight ends, or before we discuss tight ends, get some tight ends on these things. Chop it up. Y'all want to do one at a time or both? Pause. Let's just get. We'll we'll have each legend have their own little uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. spotlight. Cam, let's go, baby. Let's hang out. All right, guys, before we move on, I just want to bring uh, TJ in real quick to go over the tailgate. So, TJ, what you got for us? Yeah, thanks for having me on for just a sec. Um, we've had a lot going on with the tailgate, a lot of plans kind of finalizing and going through. actually have had a few calls this week and um, 
have to finalize a couple of things while you guys are actually listening to this podcast. Um, our plan is to release the tickets to Patreon members first. Um, you're going to have a limit of two tickets. Not only do you get it early as a Patreon, you will get a discount uh, based on your contribution level. Um, and then our goal is 18 to 24 hours after we release them to Patreon members, we will release them to everybody else. Space is limited. We've got a pretty good sized lot, but we're planning on doing a ton and having a lot there. Um, so unfortunately we don't just have unlimited space. Um, I, you know, try not to spam you guys notifications, but I would say it wouldn't be the worst idea to have your big three roll up notifications on, on uh, Wednesday morning. So, you know, right when the li- the link goes live, um, going to do our best to keep it affordable for you guys. Appreciate the people that have reached out to sponsor. Um, but we are planning on having some pretty good sized tents and fans, um, liquor and beer at a bar, um, Snell and my buddy Bruce are taking care of relationship ribs and um, pork butt, a couple of pork butts for us. So the food's going to be excellent. We're not doing hamburgers and hot dogs and cheap crap. Uh, having a DJ there all day. And then for those that don't want to go in and spend several hundred dollars on game tickets, we are going to have a projector up to show the game as well. So it's going to be a ton of fun. There's going to be shade. There's going to be food. There's going to be booze. It's going to be keg stands. There's going to be private bathrooms, so you don't have to go find some business to break into to use a restroom. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, but again, space is limited. Um, so the best way to ensure yourself of getting a ticket is to become a Patreon ASAP when you hear this. Um, if the Patreons buy up all the tickets and kind of the space allotted, that's kind of where we're at. Um, but then whatever's remaining will go to the general public. I'm assuming Wednesday morning at the very latest Thursday when the roll-up drops. Um, but, you know, any questions, you can shoot me a DM. You can shoot a DM to the Big 3 Roll-Up account. And we're uh, looking forward to seeing everybody out in Orlando. All right, all right. Appreciate you, TJ. We've actually got Ben Troop calling in on the back line. So, Silk, you want to introduce him? First time on Stadium Miguel. We had my man on Big Three Roll Up before. I had to get him on here to shop it up about the tight end group. We have the All American and Gator Legend uh, co host on Three and Out on ESPN, Ben Troop. Ben, what's going on, baby? Man, thanks for having me, man. Uh, you know, my, my apologies for last time, man. You know, I, I be ripping and running, but I'm happy y'all have we was able to finally connect, man. Oh, it's all good, man. All right, man. Thanks for hang, coming and hang out, man. So how you feel about the tight end room, man, in, in Dan Mullis' office? How you see these guys doing this year? Man, I'm kind of cocky this year, man. I mean, it's been a long time. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. take nothing away from Siante and, and – uh, you know, Jake, uh, you know, Jake and those guys that came, you know, a little while ago. But, man, look, man, I saw Kyle Pitts this year, man. I was impressed, man. I mean, obviously, you know, I would, you know, love to see him with his hand on the ground. more. Well, but he has a, a very, very unique skill set. He's going to be a matchup problem. Crow is going to be another guy I think going to be able to be nice in a two-tight end set. I think he's going to be more of a bruising type blocker, but who can also get out there and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, make things happen in the passing game. But, man... <clears throat> I'm feeling cocky, man. I mean, these boys look like they're going to be able to go out there and make some plays. And when you add that element to to our receiving core, I mean, Florida should be able to do whatever they want. I mean, obviously you got the P. Ryan's and, and Davis and Pierce, but when you talk, when you add, a, I think I think Kyle Pitts like six five. You know what I'm saying? I mean, real tall Absolutely. and lanky, can run and crawl. So, I mean, Dan Mullen, 
But what he did last year with Felipe Franks, and obviously, you know, we love Felipe, but, you know, the analyst side of us had to be critical of him. But, I, I, you know, on top of the fact that we had to say, look, we still love our brother. But, you know, from Dan, you know, when Dan Muller took over, compared to when, you know, McElwain was there, it was literally night and day, man. I mean, we're going to watch our Gators regardless, but it was rough. But last year, man, they made a turnaround, man, in their first year. So I'm thinking them tight ends going to be able to be, hopefully, earn some reps on during the week, man. Don't don't just call plays because they, you know, because they got the feel out. Make sure it's 11 on 11. Prove it on prove it during the week, man, that y'all boys deserve some plays on Saturday. What's the biggest difference between Cruel and, and, and uh, Kyle Pitts and the other tight ends? What, what's the biggest difference in the games? Uh, I mean, Kyle Pitts, man, he, I mean, he built the run. This dude is built. He's a big receiver. You know, he built the run and catch passes. I mean, I, I got a chance to interview him when he first signed with Florida a couple of years ago. And man, he's good. I mean, I think he's be as good as he want to be. I think Krull is more that, you know, he a bigger, not he thicker than, uh, than Kyle Pitts, man. And uh, he can still run, but I think, I think they're going to use Kyle Pitts kind of how they did Chico, man, how they did uh, Aaron Hernandez. Man, I, okay. I'm not saying, now, I'm, now, now, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that Kyle Pitts got them, you know, because Chico was a bad boy. I mean, Chico, you can get him two yards. He, gets, he, 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 hit you with, he hit you with them P-dubs all the way down. I ain't never seen nothing like Chico, man. I mean, you know, may he rest in peace, man. That boy, that was, he was ridiculous. But I think that when you talk about, as it's been a long time, man, since, the tight end position has been a focal point in the offense. And we talking about since, you know, my since y'all days, man. I mean, we ain't had we ain't had one that can really take over, you know. And that's and, that, and, that, and that's no disrespect to Jordan Reeves and Trey Burtons and all them boys. Man, it's been a long time. So I just think to get back to just a little normalcy, they say, oh, a tight end caught more than you know a pass for you know six yards, Absolutely. you know, in two games back to back. It's been a long time. So I'm just happy to see. I, and I'm talking about Kyle Pitts, but it don't matter to me. Whichever one, you know, find a way to get out there and make plays, man. Let's do it. Hey, speaking speaking of these versatile tight ends, how significant is it, uh, Ben, to have a, a tight end that can that can come in and block and also shoot? We want to hurry up. He can flex out wild too. I, I, I mean, I, and Amaya, you can speak to this too, man. I mean, it makes it the uh, tight ends decide, you know, uh, the strength of the formation, and when you got a guy that can do it all. It's hard to predict. I mean, if you know, if, if Kyle can't be one-dimensional, like he can't come into the game and only catch the ball. He can't have that like Jimmy Graham type mentality to where he's a liability. You can only run the ball away from him, you know. And then, and then if he does come in, you're trying to find ways to get him to rock. I think having a versatile tight end means, dude, that two tight end set is rough, and that's that's why to be college up pro. You got two tight ends that that one one of them gonna get one on one with either a linebacker or a safety. And that's just creating more, more mismatch for a guy like Felipe who needs a safety valve. So when you got a tight end that can do it all, that's a mismatch problem that won't that want to that want to kind of you know be like a a willing and able blocker. You don't got to be the greatest. I I don't I don't claim to be the greatest blocker when I was in Florida, but I'm not finna be the one when they turn that tape on saying, "Truth, man, you the weakest link in the chain." Just go out there, <laughs> put your face in the man, mm-hmm. and let these let these running backs know, man, that I care about y'all getting y'all. Yeah, y'all just as much as I want to get mine. So I think having that dual threat tight end, Grunk, I mean, Rob Gronkowski is not the most athletic tight end that's ever came through the league. He's just the most versatile. Yeah. He don't, he ain't the fastest or the quickest yeah. or the strongest, but he can block. And when he kicked the ball in his hand, man, he likes a he like a clumsy athlete that's hard to bring down. You got to make some, you got to make some business decisions when you got guys like that out there. Hey, hey Ben, this is Dan. Hey, uh, when 
last year going into the season, we didn't really know what to expect from the tight ends. I mean, Seante Lewis, uh, you know, was, was here and he, he was, he was fine. Uh, morale Stevens was a guy that, uh, we didn't know much about Both of them seem to really develop their, their senior year, especially, uh, morale Stevens. Um, talk to me a little bit about Larry Scott as a, as a coach or what you know about him and how do you think he was able to come in and really kind of step up and, and help these guys? Man, Larry is a great developer. I mean, you mentioned uh, Morale Stevens, man. He was a guy that I feel the same way that Dan Mother said. He said, I wish I would have had more time with him because I know how much upside he has. The thing about Larry is I think he's going to demand that you be a football player, not just be happy to, you know, have a Florida Gator uniform on. He's like, look, man, you got we got to be a focal point. And I think the one thing Larry is stressing is, I want to be able to win, you know, when you got to go to a team, when you got to go to a staff meeting, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be talking about my, you know, uh, about my position group like we, we link. Larry understands I got talent in this room. I understand that I got guys that got unique skill sets. So I don't, so you, and I, I look at, I look at Seance, even when they had him and Goosby and those guys, I look at, Three tight ends that make a perfect tight end. Every, every, but you don't want everybody to have the same skill set, man. You don't want to be coaching the exact same guy. You know what I'm saying? You want to have a guy that one specializes in this, another specializes in that. So if I'm the receiver tight end and Kyle Pitts, I'm telling Crow, hey, man, I want to know how to block better. And if I'm Crow, I'm telling Kyle, how are you able to separate? That way, no matter who's in the game, you don't got to change the game plan. I think when you got a guy like Larry, he understands that, I want to make sure that, man, when my tight end step out there, whether it's 84 or 14, them boys ready to go out there and make it happen. Yeah, I got you. Hey, hey, Troop, I got a question. Um, how many yards do you think you could carry a mod black on your uh, on your shoulders as you try to tackle you? How many, <laughs> man, listen, man, let me tell you something, man. Uh, the thing about Amad was this, man. Amad, see – Amad, one of those dudes, man, Amad to me remind me a lot of DJ Swearinger. Not the biggest dudes, but they don't miss tackles. Because Amad saying, well, Amad thinking to himself, look, man, I can't, I, can't, I can't put 30 more pounds on this frame. But last time I checked, man, uh, you know, Amad, you don't get all American by not being able to tackle. So I, I, I try to avoid guys like Amad. I, I, I value my shins and my knees. And I ain't with that nonsense, man. Amad, he ain't missed too many games. And guys like Amad, man, I mean, you know, they know how to go out there. Listen. Amad, no, okay, I'm giving away, you know, easily 60 pounds, easily. So I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You know, either 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 Ben going to get the best of me, I'm going to get the best of him. But I don't, I, I don't mess with guys like Amad, man. Give me a big, thick safety, man, that can't cover for real. We, we, I can have some fun hey, with him. Hey, yeah, he going to ankle bite like I a just, chihuahua, bro. I just told Dan that I'm going straight at the knees every time. And listen, man, that, that hurt, man. I mean, I, I know y'all, y'all see us get off the ground, man, but. You don't notice that I already walk with a natural limp, man. When I get to the sideline, I'm like, that's 35, man. I, I ain't got I ain't got time for him, man. Because what it is is, man, I'm not, I'm not, I, I just I, listen, I, I do my I do my game plans too. If I'm going up against a guy like you, I'm saying, Yeah, man. There's no way I can get lower than you. Ain't no way unless I'm just touching it. So I say, you know what, man, I certain times, man, I just gotta accept what happens. And deal with it. And after the game, man, I said, my man, I'm trying to go to the league, man. You, you know, you about to mess up, you know. But it, but it happens, though, man. Nothing but respect on each other. I got, I got, I got a question for you. All right. What, mm-hmm. what, what, what mm-hmm. was easier for you, uh, going against a, a smaller safety or a, a bigger, slower linebacker? Oh man, linebackers. I don't think linebackers are built to cover. I don't care how athletic they are. 
linebackers are, I think linebackers are guys that they try to reroute you and run with you. They, they're not built to really, now, now you come across ones that really got great coverage skills, but man, I'll take a linebacker anytime, man, only because man, a safety, everything is in front of them. And plus y'all used to controlling the airways on top of the fact that y'all getting guys lined up, man, linebackers, man, they don't want to be the weak link. I, I could make a linebacker about do what I want to do as far as like, because I can, I know how to play to his technique. Safeties, man, you know, that that big misconception that you play safety, man, because you can't play corner, I don't believe that. I believe you play safety because you like to hit and you like to cover. So I'd rather, I'd rather have a linebacker in the game. I mean, I, one of my best games ever at Florida, man, was against uh, Michael Boyd at Florida State, and he was super-duper athletic. But I told him, I said, boy, you run a 4-3 in a straight line. I'm going to make you twist and turn, and by the time you know what's going on, man, you know, I'm trying to make it happen. So I, I'll take a linebacker any day. All right, you talk like a DB. I like it. You don't talk like a tight end. You you, you talk with that swagger of a DB. Uh man, I listen. I at the at the end of the day, <laughs> I, at the end of the day, man, it's one of those things to where uh, I can't go back and forth with cats on Twitter like my man Amar do. I wish I could, man. I be wanting to say <laughs> something to these cats so bad. Don't get it twisted, man. I'm not politically correct or things of that nature, but. I, you know what I'm saying? They watching me all the time, but no, nah, man, it's um, it just it just comes over time, man. I think when you understand, man, that while I was blessed, you know, just like Ahmad to go to the National Football League, man, the greatest days and the greatest competition I ever saw, man, was you know my own teammates. I mean, I played with Kewan Rattler and Gus Scott and Marquand Manuel and you know Ty Johnson. You know, I played with Robert Tremardi and old boys. I played with Andre Davis and Channing Crowder. So I'm going up against dudes that could easily start on any NFL roster, whether they got drafted or not. I'm seeing something. I'm seeing, I got Alex Brown when I'm a freaking freshman. So yes, either, either I'm going to be a confident football player that shows it on the field or cause listen, man, humbleness and, and humbleness don't help you in football, man. You could be humble in the, in the post game press conference. You got to, you got to think and you got to have an ego that you the best thing out there, even if you're not, because if not, man, you're going to get exposed and, I, I, it's crazy. I work with a guy um, that, that is a big-time Penn State fan. And every time we talk about Ahmad, we talk about Satan, he always has something to say. And I didn't realize that Ahmad picked off the, you know, had to pick six uh, in Urban Meyer's last game. So it finally hit me. I said, okay, now I see them. I'm like, you don't even know Ahmad. You know, this dude like 21, 22 years old. But, nah, man, I think, I think the confidence, man, it just, I mean, I went to the University of Florida, man. I'm, I'm a Georgia boy that went to Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think no brand in football is better than Florida. I don't care that Clemson won it. I don't care that Alabama is who everybody chasing after them. I, I, I like Florida at, at the end of the day. No disrespect. I'm just saying, man, you listen, at the end of the day, man, I'm not one of these people that say, oh, I, uh, you know, listen, I don't like Florida State. I don't like Miami. I don't like nobody that play us. I, I don't. I respect them. But I don't like them, man. Like, people be like, true, man. Y'all got them ugly orange and blues. I said, boy, some of the most prestigious teams in the world is orange and blue, like the Mets, like the Knicks. I said, man, go on with that nonsense. I said, listen, man, you either with us or you against us. Am I, no? When am I talking trash, I'm talking trash with him on Twitter. I just wish I could press fan. You said, you said Knicks and the Mets. You going to yeah. Hey, Ben, don't put us in the same categories. <laughs> the Mets and the Mets. You said, come on, bro. You said the Knicks and the Mets, bro. Come on. <laughs> I, I said, no, no, you got, hold on, hold on, man. Think, think about this, man. Listen, I said, I said prestige. Now, think about this for a second. The Knicks, the Knicks just lacking one player. They st- it's still the Mecca. It's oh, been a I long time. 
Bro, I just looked at ESPN and it said team needs, and that's and this shit said everything. Literally, bro. <laughs> hey, listen, 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 listen. Are you right? They got they listen, listen. They got they got our <laughs> They shouldn't have did that. ESPN was dead wrong for doing that, man. Saying they need it. They got artists and they got RJ Barrett. They, I think that I'm just saying, man. Like, like there are people that don't even know that the Knicks used to be good, and that's so crazy. They say the Knicks, the Knicks have been bad that long, but see, I think Florida. I know Florida is a national brand, meaning, yeah, yeah, we 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 had some rough times, but our brand's so big that people always anticipate what we gonna do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I met a dude that went to Kentucky. He was like, yeah, true. I said, yeah, you're welcome. You know what I'm saying? Just like when Auburn won the national championship with Cam Newton, they welcome. Because we gave him these things. Like, Cam was with us. And he went over there with y'all. So we the one he chose. Y'all the one he was flirting with. You know, he he ended up over there with y'all. So it's it's cool, man. We, we you know, uh, Florida, you know, I, I know we got Miami coming up first game of the year. Manny Diaz, and, you know, Tate Martell or whoever talking all that trash. DJ Dallas, but I get to talk trash up in the up in the booth with all the other analysts, but I'm I know, man. I, I can't I can't say what I really want to say because I'm trying to keep my job. That's yeah, all. Man, I, 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 hey, man, I understand. Just leave that all to me, man. Because I ain't, man. My my boss love this, man. He, he love the troll. <laughs> oh, my, you wild, man. I be like, my, you, I, boy, you, you and Shannon, Snell, boy, y'all some y'all some bad boys, man. I, I, I enjoy the commentary on Twitter. To be honest with you, I learned from Silk, man. Silk Silk got me like this, man. Yeah, I, 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 I fell back a little bit, man. You gotta, like, it gets annoying. You'll find out, man. Like, it's nonstop. These people got time. So, <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing yeah, you gotta know on the internet is everybody, yeah. everybody's got more time than you. Yeah, it's, it's way more, because it's like, it's like a million of them, bro. They like, they like little roaches, like, like German roaches. Like you, you, you oh yeah, man! One. That that uh that Twitter that Twitter muscle that Twitter muscle yeah, is man. real. I, I'm not saying, but at the same time too, you know, it, it's like I like I be telling dudes, man. I be like, man, I said, dude, like like the whole thing. I said, I'm I be letting y'all boys know what it really is. Like like when they be saying all kind of different stuff to you. I said, boy, I said, I was the first team all American. You know what I'm saying? Like this dude went to the league. That dude from Tampa played Tampa. And at the same time, though, at the same time, my my, my you know, because I'd be on the air and they'd be like, "Well, Ben, why do y'all say something back?" I say, "Cause man, you know, I just be feeling like you know the day to day. If somebody say something to me today, I'ma light them up. It, it ain't it ain't who it is. It's just they just caught me on a on a good day, and I you know we can go back and forth. I say because they know we ain't gonna see each other in real life. They know we not. They we not gonna see each other or. They probably do see us in real life. I don't know. They know us. We don't know them, and they ain't gonna approach it. They are gonna go right back to the you know to the Twitter muscle and press sin in their <laughs> mama's basement. You know, talking <laughs> trash. But it, but it, but it's but it's cool, man. I mean, you know what, man? I mean, that just lets you know you somebody, man. I hear you know. I, I told dude that one time. I said, man. I said, dude. I said you. I said, look, you the one decided I'm a somebody in a world full of nobodies, man. You mad at me because. You know, I'm out here still trying to make it happen, but it, it, it comes with it, man. I mean, being a part of this uh, media side and radio, is, it's a blessing and a curse. You enjoy it, but you're back in the limelight again. And these trolls, man, I call them, I call them gr- uh, gremlin trolls, man. I said, y'all boys, be getting, you must be multiplying every day, but it's cool. From, I, can, I can deal with them. The difference with me, I'm from that side, so I know how they operate. So I got I got an advantage. But uh, I got to get, get a Miami uh, prediction from you, man. We, I know we're about to start mm-hmm. this shit week one, so I want to know what you got. Man, you know what? Uh, I can't say this. Miami has a – Miami got a hell of a defense, man. They do. I mean, Quarterman and them boys, they got two real, real nice linebackers, got Garland and them boys at the D-line. But I just think that 
you know, the Dan Mullen effect, man. I think Dan Mullen, man, he just, he got them boys understanding, man, that we are the hunter. Everybody want what we got. I mean, and and because of that, because Felipe and I been through it all, because, you know what I'm saying, you got two David Reese's on the defense. I think we got the best, I think we got the best uh, cornerback tandem in the country. Even you add our safeties to it, and we got so many weapons on offense. I think it's going to be a back and forth in the first half because I think both teams first, you know, because we got the week zero a week before the actual first week. I think it's going to be, but I think, you know, towards, you know, third quarter, four, I think we're going to, I think we're going to run away from it, man. I see it being like, I see it being like, a, you know, maybe like a, like a 31, like 17 type game, Florida, only because, I mean, I know, I, the one thing I know uh, we're going to have to do on ID, we're going to have to stop DJ Dallas. You're going to have to stop that dude. He is a, he a dynamic playmaker. Outside of him, don't nobody really, I mean, not saying that it's Miami, man. They're going to have players, but once Felipe settle in, man, with all them, with all them weapons he got, and our offensive line, man, we're going to probably have to protect them first game, man, probably the quick passing game, but Man, I ain't never going against my boys, man. I mean, I think it'd be a thirty-one seventeen, man. I mean, like I say, I'm always going to kind of respect the you, man, because I remember what it used to be, not what it is now. I think it's a lot of clown stuff going on down there with you know Manny Diaz saying all kind of you know doing all kind of nonsense type stuff. But I mean, but uh, come August twenty fourth, man, them boys gonna have to you know they gonna have to see what it is. they they orange and green, we orange and blue, we gonna see what it is. Oh. Ready. I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with Stadium Miguel, man. We'll get you back on this thing before the season kickoff, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you boys having me. Hey, my man, keep, keep, uh, keep lighting them boys up on Twitter, my G. Hey, hey tell Before you get off, tell people where they can find you at, man. I mean, always uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter and Instagram, man, at BenTroop84, B-E-N-T-R-O-U-P-E. Uh, 84 and always, uh, you know, uh, every Monday through, uh, Monday through Friday, man, go to ESPNCoastal.com and follow me on Twitter, man, uh, at Pigskin Radio. All right, man, I appreciate you coming on. Go Gators, baby. Go Gators. Appreciate it. All right, man, let's get my man Tate Casey on. We're going to go double tight end set. Ben was talking about a lot of double tight end sets. Let's get Tate Casey on here and chop it up some more about these tight ends. I like Ben Energy, bro. Ben don't talk like a tight end. Man, he talk like a mullet tight end because Tate Casey be talking that shit too. So, hey, quick, quick, quick. Uh, what do we think about Kamari Gamble? What do we think he's gonna do this year? I think he's gonna be. Uh, he'll get some reps. I don't yeah. know if in the receiving game is he gonna be as explosive as the other two guys, but I yeah. think him and Crew are more of the, the guys that can put their hand in the dirt and do some stuff. I think Kyle Pitts going to be more of a receiver than, than anything. Yeah. I think they actually moved him out of his position. So, I think Gamble's going to get some burn for sure. Yeah, I think I, I, like- I think he might play a little bit more, if they, especially if they're they're lacking a little bit at that tackle position because I know they got two new tackles. So, I like I like Gamble in the red zone, though. Uh, I think he's big in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we could roll teams to sleep and, and hit him in the back of it. And pause that, but that's probably a way to get him the ball against Miami. I want to see him throw up that 305. <laughs> Cam, let's get my man Tate on here. You got it? First time on Stadium Miguel. My man Ben True said we're going to do a lot of double tight end sets, so we're going to get my man Tate Case on here and do some double tight end set. Tate, what's going on, baby? Not much, man. Y'all good? Yeah. What's up, man? We, we hanging out, Tate. What's up, man? What's happening? Hey. Same old, same old. You know down here. Okay. So, uh, my first question is, 
how important is the uh, what matter of fact, what's the most important role of the tight end in Dan Mullen's offense? Man, I think if you if you look at it historically since he was offensive coordinator here and, and what he's tried to at least evolve to, he's developed into more of a tight end use system. You know, since his first time around at Florida, I think that uh, what we tried to accomplish, obviously the wide receiver position had a lot of skill um, and talent at Florida, and he's probably going to have that same situation this year. But I think what he's tried to accomplish is have somebody who can who can move out to that slot, who can put in the backfield, um, and that he can put on the ball at tight end and really try and get the matchups that he wants to create uh, for wide receivers by use of the tight end and having that versatility. Now I want to get to – we talk with Ben about the starters a lot. I want to get into some of those guys that are, that are behind maybe Kyle Pitts and, and Cruel. You have Gamble. He should, he should get a lot of minutes. But how do you feel about Gamble and even Lane and, and the freshman also that's coming in with Zipper? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talent. When you look at Florida's roster this year and even last year, the tight end position is – I mean, you, I don't know. You can ask Ben in his days back at Florida, but with him and, and A-Walk and a couple guys they had on the roster, and when I was at Florida, we didn't have more than two, three tight ends in a season um, that were seeing the field. So having five, six, seven tight ends that you're playing in a game, which we saw last year a couple times – um, is an added advantage just to give yourself the looks that you want to create. And uh, it does a lot for you when you're Dan Mullen. You can get a lot more creative, especially when you've got three or four of those guys that are very, very not only talented in the uh, in the receiving games, but they can block. And you can put them out wide and then get yourself some open space with uh, with the run game. So, you know, it creates matchups that are, that are nightmares for opposing defenses. And when you get guys like Pitts and Crow and some of these guys that are very athletic, um, you get what you want in SEC, and that's the ability to beat man coverage. Hey, hey, Tate, this is Dan. Um, quite, so you just you just kind of mentioned it about some some potential. Uh, obviously, blocking is a big part of what Dan Mullen's looking for. With some question marks at the offensive line position, do you think that guys that are a little bit stronger uh, blockers might take precedence over maybe a more receiver type of guys, or, or how do you think that might play out? Uh, do you think it might be different at the beginning of the season than it is at the end of the season? Well, I think it plays, you know, it, it's almost two-part, right? When you look at, there's, there's a number of things. Last year we talked about, you know, Felipe Franks and what he was going to give you as a quarterback his second year. And my biggest thing was, how are the receivers in the offensive line going to allow him to get better? Because when you don't trust your offensive line for a quarterback, that's the first thing that, that you worry about getting hit from the backside. You worry about taking hits and being able to get rid of the ball. Receivers play into that. If they can beat man coverage, you give yourself better timing, get rid of the football, and they can make plays. My biggest thing with, with the tight ends in the offensive line, you, you give yourself the ability as an offense to create space and give the defense something else to worry about. I don't see us lining up and pounding the football this year. I see us being able to do that once we kind of, you know, spread the field a little bit. We're going to utilize our receivers to widen the field, spread the defense out, and then give ourselves some running lanes. And we've got some running backs who can create, you know, create creating tackles and um, – or not tackles, but, but bounce off of tackles, yards after catch. And so when you can widen the defense out a little bit, you give yourself a little bit of pressure taking off the offensive line. Um, with tight ends that can do both, then you give yourself some open space and you can create some looks that a defense may not be ready for. 
Tate, this is this is my thing, and I was just thinking about it uh, while you were talking. Answering that question is, I think that because Florida is so deep at, at running back and especially at wide receiver, and I think they've got a ton of talent there. Uh, I think the tight ends are going to eat this year because I think you probably have to double cover probably one of the wide receivers, whether it's Jefferson, Grimes, Cleveland. I think they're going to throw safety over top to cover that, and then I think that you always have to have a spy on the running back, um, and then they just have a ton of talent, whether it's Tony or, or any of the other guys at wide receiver that I think you're going to probably have to match up a linebacker, potentially even a slower a linebacker, maybe you know a strong safety that maybe isn't as quick as some of our uh, tight ends are going to be. Do you see them? I mean, do you see it playing out that way at all, or am I just living in a fantasy? Well, world? No, I think I think it really just depends on what kind of situation you put the defense in. You know, I think um, you can ask guys like Cornelius Ingram who quote-unquote eight in 2007 because of mismatches created by good wide receivers that were either getting double teamed or there was, you know, they were trying to create these mismatches. And with a guy like Cornelius, who I, I equate to almost like a, I don't know, a Terminator built Cal Pitts, if you will. I mean, they don't come around that often. You know what I mean? Cornelius is <laughs> a yeah. built guy. He's not a tight end. He's a receiver who looks like a tight end, but it creates mismatches. So when you get them on linebackers in space, a lot of times a linebacker, even in the SEC, is not going to hold up. Um, a guy like Lucas Kroll, even out of a tight end position or out of the backfield or the slot, can create some serious mismatches. And if you decide you're going to cover the Kadarius Tonys of the world and the faster receivers, yeah, it's going to leave tight end some, some play to get the catches. On the other side is if you're going to create mismatches stretching the tight end up the field to create receivers underneath on those dig routes, on those you know crossing routes underneath, it's really catch 22 for a defense. You got to decide what you're going to do. And if you're going to play man coverage, God help you. If the other team's got five guys that are more talented and better skill position. Yo, Tate, this is my, Hey, so, uh, you say we, you don't see too much pounding the ball. So not too many Mickey 95s this year, right? Man, those, those release routes. <laughs> you had me running those release routes like crazy. And I, I'll be the first person to tell you that, you can stretch the tight end down the middle of the field. It'll open up some receivers somewhere. I can promise you that. All right. So, how much uh, how, how much hurry up offense do you think you'll see this year with Kyle Pitts on the field trying to create that mismatch like we were talking about? I, you know, you can I split think you'll see a bit, but I think the luxury that, that Coach Mullen's got is he's got a couple of horses in the stable that can create those same mismatches anywhere you dice it. You know, when you when you want to go third and, and mix it up on third and medium, third and fourth to six, and, you know, maybe keep a defense guessing – You've got the ability to bring in a Kamora Gamble and, and Lucas Crow, and they say, oh, these guys got to pound the ball. And then you give yourself some pass options or run pass options. It's really, and you know as well as I do, Mod, when you, when you practice like you play and you've got talented guys and you trust those guys, you can almost do anything as long as everybody does the plan, right? If everybody does their job, there's, there's the ability you can run almost anything in the playbook. So sure. I think, one, it's going to come down to, two-a-days. I think there's a big evaluation period in two-a-days that, that doesn't get much mention. I mean, a lot of people talk about spring ball and what that does for you come season, but two-a-days is a huge, huge way of you, you know, as a coach, determining who's going to get the ball when I need them most. And I think, you know, if I'm Kamori Gamble, if I'm Lucas Kroll, if I'm Pitts, if I'm, you know, Keon Zipper, those guys have proven that they're trustworthy. Now it comes down to, are they, are they producing? What are they doing in two days is showing me, hey, third down I'm in the red zone, I've got to go to him. And you well, know, I'm going to call this play, I'm going to call his number. 
you know, two days, man, is is a big is a big part of <clears throat> of Florida and how we evaluate our guys. And I yeah, think that, that pretty much lets us know in crunch time when that shit tough and it's hard. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna let the ball go, or are you gonna <laughs> hold on to that ball and, and, and stay in bounds and let that clock run? It's hundred percent. I think I got a funny story for you. In two thousand eight, two days, Hernandez was, was was taking it. We were gonna run a two tight end set in red zone. I think we were we were having a good day as an offense. We were gonna run a two tight end set for red zone, and Chico was a little bit uh, winded and was like, "Man, I just ran a you know forty yard forty yard something in the last drill we did, and I'm blown." Like, I'm I'm out for a couple reps, whatever. And Coach was like, get in there. We're running two. He was like, man, you just got to give me two plays. So I don't know if they did it to spite him, but they ran a shovel pass to the tight end off, like, the 10-yard line. Still, to this day, the only shovel pass I ever got. I can promise you that. And, uh, <laughs> and, we, took it and, we, and we took it in for, for a touchdown, and that was probably as stoked as I've ever been during a two-a-days drill because I was used to running, like, inside drill for 50 plays straight. And uh, and then of course I laughed because people remember Chico for the shovel pass, and yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I remember I had one of those in two of it, but they never gave me one in a game. <laughs> uh, look, that, you back. That was a one trick pony, man. You can't even do that too many times. <laughs> no, believe me, six seven running a shovel route doesn't look right anyway. I'm, I'll I'll be the first person to tell you. Quick quick question, Tate. This year has been a chance. Friday Night Lights was, was a big staple of Urban Myers recruiting. And um, this year, it's a little different. I mean, they had to switch it up, the date, because of the game being changed, the week zero. So now Friday Night Lights and the start of camp is the same day. What's your opinion on that? I, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me one way or another. I think that it's a more stress on the coaches, if anything, because they're they're worried about getting their guys right for season. At the same time, part of their job is recruiting and evaluating talent to bring in the next class. And there's a lot of pressure on recruiting. I mean, as as you know and I know, I mean, there's a lot of time spent with that. There's a lot of time spent with that from a player standpoint when you're trying to, you know, host these guys on campus. Um, but as a coach, I'd imagine when you're thinking about high school guys and how you're going to get that next class in, but you're also trying to gear up for season. Um, and make sure you've got a team to put on the field that's going to win games. It, it probably taking quite a bit of your time. Um, I'll tell you what, man, I'm so burnt out on recruiting right now, just watching the, oh, committing really? these days is not what it used to be. Absolutely um, not. Watch what you say, Tate. Watch what you say, Tate. No, the internet's no, going to come after you, Tate. They're going to come after you, Tate. I'm not going to say quite like you did. I'll learn from your mistake. They can't cancel a real one, Tate. You all right. But no, but you know you know what I mean. My my point is, back back when, at least when I was coming out of high school, you know, you made your educated, you narrowed your list down, you knew exactly what you liked about each place, what you didn't like, you kind of put a list together, and you say, you know what, man? My decision is I'm going to go play here. And that was it. You didn't have like, I mean, at least I didn't. I'm sure you guys did because as 06 or 708 rolled around, there was guys that were actually doing national, you know, uh, ESPN announcements and the Under Armour All-American game. And they found a way to market that to where, it's, you know, it's appealing to the fans. And we just didn't have that. You know, I think when, when I committed, Florida was my last trip. That was my last visit. And I pretty much went with the mindset of if it's everything I think it's going to be and it, and it crosses off this, this, and this on my list, I'm going to commit to Florida. Um, and, and after the first night, 
that Friday night, I told, you know, Ron Zook, I said, man, this is exactly what I want it to be. And, and, you know, I'm yours. And that's all it was, you know, from there, the letter of intent came in, signed it, sent it back. And that, you know, that was the extent of my, I guess, recruiting, not tension, but, uh, th- that was the, the climax of my recruiting at Florida. It was, Hey, I'm committing to Florida. I want to play baseball and football. Boom. That's all it was. Now you got guys. It's kind of like, Hey, how many likes or how many, you know, how many followers can, can your fan base get me on Twitter? And it's kind of like, yo, come on, play ball, go somewhere for school, go somewhere for ball, call it a day. Hey, Tate, that, that leads to a, to another question. Obviously, once they get on campus, they've got to start playing ball. What's the difference uh, playing high school to, to stepping on the, the practice field for college for the first time? Everybody's a blue chip. Yeah. You know, I think guys look at high school and it's like, you know, I'm killing it. You know, I'm loving I'm, I'm the big man on campus. I think when you get to college, that first, that first gut check is you better humble yourself quick. Um I think freshman year, back in the old freshman locker room, the old tin can, I literally to myself, cut it up with a cut it up with a freshman, didn't say a word to any of the upperclassmen that wasn't, you know, respectful of their abilities and their talents because they've been there and I hadn't done anything up until that point. So I tried to just go out every day and, and you grind and you get better and you know, you kinda keep your mouth shut, keep to yourself and a lot of those guys that come in with a you gotta have a confidence. But at the same time, it's not something you've got to talk about. It's just one of those things when you put the pads on, you go do it and, and you go about your business. And a lot of hey, times some guys get caught up thinking they got to talk that way and, and it ends up going the other direction for them. Hey, Tate, I want to completely change the subject because I got uh, lambasted on Twitter for my music selection last week. I picked the Turnpike Troubadours. Now, you and I spent uh, part of April together after Garth Brooks, April, May, whenever that was, Garth Brooks concert. Can you tell the people that there's some great country music out there? Oh, for sure. I mean, see, hey man, uh, yeah, Lil Nas X is jumping. Listen to the extent. I, you're, you're lucky. You're lucky. He's singing with somebody that's known. That's the funny thing. Billy Ray, the goat. Is, nobody, nobody knows who the other guy is in that song unless you listen to country music. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Hey, Tate, talk talk to us about what you're doing this year. You you were uh, you were on the field guy last year. You're doing the same thing again this year. Yeah, looking forward to doing the same thing this year. You know, I think um, it, they asked me back, and and for some reason, so hopefully uh, everything last year was good. I, I'm hoping the fans are enjoying it. We try and at least bring some uh, some some extra to the broadcast, at least the pregame and postgame, and and hopefully the fans enjoy that. So we're gonna give it another run this year and and see how it goes. Hey, Close us out with a Tebow story, bro. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Let Lamar let, let, let go first. My bad. Before he, before he closed out with a Tebow story, hey, uh, what's your predictions on uh on the on the first game, Miami? Oh, don't yes, ask sir. me that. You guys are gonna get me lambasted on Twitter. Let's hey. get ignorant. Hey, 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 we're, hey, we're, 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 we'll pull your clip. We'll pull your clip too. Tell you, we hanging listen, out. Hey. I, listen, I, I um. <laughs> I played, you know, Ahmad's played Miami. I've played Miami. I, I was really torn if that's not a year, you know, an annual game. Uh, it's something that I think I'd like to see as an annual game. Obviously, it's something I think is a great rivalry when it when it happens. Um, I can tell you, I wish that Roscoe Parrish and um, Devin Hester didn't play 
the year we played them the first time around. But uh, <laughs> you know, had a, had a bowl game experience with Charlie Strong as an interim head coach in '04, and then played them again in '08, where we had the obviously a uh, a good game against them at home. But man, I love to see that game every year. I, I think this year, if Florida's done what they're supposed to do in the off season, I think you got an idea of where I'm going with this. But that being said, you've got to give some credit to where Miami's head's at and where they've been through in the last two years, I guarantee you they're going to come out hunting. And that's the, that's the thing of Florida is you better get your helmets on and get ready for a dogfight because there's going to be one. And it always is. It don't matter how, how crappy your rival, how, how good they are. I just want to see Florida come out and do Florida things. And that's hey. the biggest thing for me. That's what hey, I said. Tay, Tay, Tay you're, from, you're from Texas, and so you probably go hunting a little bit more than I do. And, and Cam, I know you hunt a lot too. Um, I know you said Miami's going to hunt. Is there a difference between hunting with like, I don't know, like a shotgun and a BB gun? (laughs) (laughs) Depends on how good a shot you are. Yeah, I got you. Uh, Hey, Tate, close us out with a Tebow story. Hold on a sec. Don't pin me in a corner. You got to give me some insight as to what Tebow story we're talking about right now. Anything but a preview. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What? Any anything but a prayer meeting. We're not trying to set you up. We 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 weren't talking about it. You just played with him and figured you got a good story. Um. <laughs> yeah. Listen, y'all can't put me in a story situation like that with with a man. All right. Y'all get me kicked off this campus. Um. <laughs> everybody's got a good Tebow story. I think the the. The initial one that comes to mind was me and Tim, me and Tim used to hang out a little bit his freshman year, kind of before he he went through that 07 season. And I don't know about Ahmad. Ahmad, you came in in 07, right? Yep, 07. Yeah, see, 07 and after, man, Tim, you couldn't one, you couldn't go anywhere with him because everybody uh, and their mom wanted a picture, or an autograph at dinner. I think I went to dinner with him and some offensive linemen maybe two or three times. And not to any fault of his own. I mean, he just couldn't get a meal in without a lot of people around. And um, the one thing I remember is walked into his dorm room freshman year, coming back from like Tudor or something like that. And we were just kind of cutting up TV or video games with, I think, maybe one of the guys there. And the biggest thing I remember about Tim's dorm, and I was kind of like baffled by it, was like, she kept like four gallons of milk in the fridge. And like, what? I'm not even joking. I, I may be like, <laughs> I may be just overemphasizing this, but I swear what seemed to be like 20 boxes of cereal. And I a lot of times, like, dude, how much cereal can you consume in a day? <laughs> and I'm not joking when I say, like, every time I was, like, funny every time we were in his dorm his freshman year, it seemed like he was eating cereal. And um, that's just one of the fun things I remember. It's like, I, you have to be lactose intolerant to drink that much milk. You think it would just carry your up. But, I mean, it was like a whole milk guru. Like, he just drank milk and, and ate cereal a lot. And, uh, you know, it's a joke. He had that country boy, you know, country boy strength to him. His first offseason, I think, when they came in, he came in early. And I remember being in the weight room doing my workout, and they were putting the freshmen through their, um, their, their metrics or their, their testing. And he had done, like – something absurd it was like 20 something reps on the bench press at 225 and that was like as a you know 18 year old freshman technically because he it was in like january february and i just remember mickey being like all right you're done it's like, it'll be like the last time you bench press at florida like 
there's no reason for you to have to bench press anymore. And I remember telling Todd McCullough, like, and we'll see, we'll see how well he's doing after that first off season. Like anybody can keep it up like that for four years. They're going to be an absolute workhorse. And then of course he proved me wrong. He kept it up for four years and ended up being the greatest quarterback to ever play here. <laughs> so. oh, Don't shit, hey, hey, Tay, we appreciate you hanging out with us on a, on stadium and Gail. Tell everybody where they can find you and, uh, and where they can follow your stuff at. Yeah, man, I honestly, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't even remember what my Twitter handle is right now. So, you guys, mm, right. <laughs> you can find me on the sideline at every game. I mean, I'm on Twitter. I, I kind of just use it as a resource to, to balance the thoughts out there. I don't get a little too crazy with it. But uh, well, hopefully a little bit more here in the near future. And uh, other than that, man, just living life up in Northeast Florida, getting ready for football season. Hey, Tay, we appreciate you, brother. Hey, I appreciate you, Tay. Thanks a lot, yeah. Tate's a good dude, man. Him and I hung out at the swamp. Ah, shit, I forgot to ask him about the swamp closing down. Him and I hung out until about two a.m. after the Garth Brooks concert. Man, it was it was getting lively out there. That was a country concert. concert. Hey, bro, I, I, like I like the enemy. Wish I would have went to that concert. Dude, there's uh, eight thousand people there. The enemy out of me ain't wanted no parts of that concert, bro. <laughs> uh, you sure, nah, bro? Nah, I mean, they probably had some Riley Coopers there. I ain't want no problems. I <laughs> sorry, stuff. <laughs> hey, y'all boys, got, you got a Tebow story, Black. Give us a Tebow story. I got no Tebow stories. Oh, man, you trying to get... I play me shot. I'm trying to go to the games this year, all right? <laughs> I, nah. I, I say, I mean, if you smash your buddies in the dorm, you can just say that for all the parties. <laughs> bro, I don't know nothing about him. I don't know nothing. <laughs> I, I love going to the Gator game. So I, I, would, I would never put that in jeopardy, all right? You know? Uh, you're a good man. You're a good. You got to be respectful. You ain't got no tro- you ain't got no statue out front. I can't, I can't go So we made, a, we made a hire off the field. Yeah. Got us an offensive analyst, Ken Zampese. Former offensive. Zampese. That's how you said it? I think so. I mean, that's what it looks like. Tomato, um, tomato, bro. Yeah. Hey, we, we probably won't hear his name again, to be honest. <laughs> Who do you well, think he's gonna stick around a while? You think he's a one year guy? I mean, his, his uh, resume is pretty, pretty uh, loaded. I think he's overqualified yeah. for the job. He's offensive coordinator in the NFL at a couple stops, and also a quarterback coach for the Cleveland Browns at his last stop. Yeah, man, he's been he's been in the NFL for twenty one years now. Um, I think this is a, a quick stop, the same way. Uh, what's his name? Bowden went back to Clemson to be a grad assistant. I mean, it, this is this is the thing, right? You go, you get a job for a year. He got fired, or he was part of a coaching staff with the Browns that got let go. Uh, he was their quarterback coach, and then he was with the uh, the Atlanta team with the uh, the AAF that lasted for like four games. Uh, so yeah, I think he's here for. I mean, he might not even make it to the season, to be honest with you. I mean, I think if the NFL comes calling, you know, for any sort of job, whether it's passing game, wide receiver quarterbacks coach probably not offensive coordinator but you know i think he gets called back but let's just assume that he does make it uh i think that you love to have a guy like him even it's for experience i don't know how him and mullen know each other if they don't know each other or what his connection is to the nfl or to 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 each other uh but he was a great great coach when he was with the rams back when they were when they were nasty with with bruce and holton warner uh he was with them right after they won the super bowl uh so but the amount of experience that he brings uh but at the end of the day this is what florida needs to do we talked about this on our first podcast they need to beef up the analyst room they need to beef up their recruiting staff 
staff because this is what everybody else that's that, that's winning is doing. Alabama's doing it. Clemson's doing it. Others, Georgia's doing it. They're just bringing in a bunch of these guys that are analysts that can provide. If you can get just that one piece that one other guy sees that another guy might not see or one, it, it only takes just one real small thing for somebody to notice or at the end of the day, now you have another guy watching 2,000 hours of film a year. Uh, he's bound to find something bound to be helpful. Yeah. Uh, what is he on game day? Where would he be? He's up in the box with Brian Johnson? I, I think they – I don't think – I, I don't think he can be up there with Brian Johnson. Um, so I think they're like he, prep preparation guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're prep guys only. They're going to probably be on the sideline, but they aren't allowed to coach. Uh, just like they're not allowed to coach uh, during practice as well. Um, I think the only guys that are allowed to be up in the uh, in the box are coaches calling the plays, and then I think you're allowed to have your grad assistants up there. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, obviously that position has grown wildly since since I was in college and involved with the staff, uh, but he's definitely an off-the-field, watching plays, watching film type of guy. So on some more off-the-field stuff, my man Steve Spurrier opened up a, range, uh, game, a restaurant in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is Spurrier did – did they come up with a, a name of a restaurant or – What's the name of it? I'm out to check it out, man. Take the lady it's up there. Celebrations Point. I like the name. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Uh, so, no, Celebrations Point is like the. Uh, that's like that's the. That's a new area. That's the location. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't see yeah. a name as far as that, man. I don't. I don't see a name. But what's your favorite restaurant in Gainesville? Oh, man, I, I I'm a Yamato's guy. I'm I'm old school. Yamato's worth that. Yeah, I've never I, been there. I took the lady the other night, uh, Saturday night. It, it, it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I like your mottos. I think your motto is nice, especially if you're in college, because it's uh, it's hibachi and it's not too expensive. The food is really good. But when you're in college and you're living on a couple hundred bucks a month and you can spend $18 and you mm. eat like a king for like three meals, woo! Mm. Uh, so just, have some, just have some hibachi over the weekend. Good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, they got the, the the was it the white sauce? It's really good there. Oh, I'm a big yum yum. They call it yum yum. Yum yum sauce. That's what it is. Can't call it white sauce. Can't call it white sauce. Might have to pause racist, it. Bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, and pause it. And pause it. Absolutely. And then, and then, I, I, so so are you a are you a vegetable guy then, or do you get double rice? Oh, see, I used to be double rice guy, and now that I'm older, now that I'm in my 30s, I got to get my vegetables now. I'm double dude, rice, man. I don't but know what's dude, double, double rice, man. Dude, they got fire rice. I think that was my favorite thing there. The steak was all right. I mean, everything about it was good, but the the rice was absolutely on fire. I used to be a double soup, double rice steak guy, um, but now I just go for the whole experience, you know? Best but barbecue. I was back, last time I was there, last time I was there, we went back to Yamato. Relived an old college, uh, yeah, old college time. We can afford a little bit more now. Do sake bombs and all that stuff now. Yeah, I'm gonna check that spot. I never been. I usually hit the breakfast spot when I'm about to bounce the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Or I hit a burger spot or a barbecue spot. But I never spot. really sat down and ate like that in Gainesville. What breakfast spot you go to? Man, what is it? The the, the diner joint. Which Metro Diner? Metro Diner. That's where I used to go. All right, you need it. There's some, there's some better spots. You need to go yeah, Peach yeah, Valley. Valley. Uh, uh, What's the other spot up, up north of the, the, the other spot I've been to, I'm trying to remember the name. I've been to what, like two or three reference spots. Street Delhi. I heard it's pretty good or something like that. 
shoot, what's the name of it? Delatory goes all the time. And every time I try to go, their line's like four and a half hours. Yeah, that's the one I think he put me on. But I went, like the wait was crazy. And like, it's a Sunday morning, I got to get home. Man, this might be a hot take, but I'm not a big breakfast guy. I'm not a big breakfast guy, and I'm not about to wait in line for like two hours. And then, so this is the thing: if you go to Peach Valley after a game day, they got all the recruits that are going there, and so they got they eat up like twenty tables. There's only like fifty in the entire restaurant, so you're waiting like two hours. And then, like, I mean, I know it's only a two hour drive for me now, but you're just like, man, I just want to get home. I'm not trying to wait here two hours to yeah. eat some breakfast food. Yeah. That's why I end up at the fifty dollar, bro. I'm just trying to get up out of here. Uh, you get something to eat. <laughs> And bounce. I think I think any anywhere game weekend is fucking ridiculous with, with people, bro. Like it's just the, the whole Gainesville experience on a Gator weekend is unbelievable. Like if if you haven't been here on a on a Gator weekend, like a Gator game, what are you been, doing? Missing out, man. You missing out? I'm telling you. Yeah. It's been a dope show, man. Yeah. Y'all got some advice for the people? Any wisdom? Uh, Mod's got a ton of wisdom. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Uh, well, I, I I found this out tonight today. I didn't know white people don't don't uh make shirts for their family reunion. Oh shoot! Oh. That's what we were talking what? about right before. Dan, hey, Corey, Dan, right before you got on. They don't make shirts. No, 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 no. So, so, yeah. So we had uh, we had my family reunion. It was our seventy sixth annual family reunion. So this is the first time I've been in like five years. So it was up here. It was up here in Tampa, and uh, my parents came into town. There's probably about 50 of us. Um, and I was telling Ahmad right before uh, you hopped on, Corey, that there wasn't a single spice in the entire place. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody from all over Florida brought food, and not one speckle of pepper made it on any of the food. Put that on the show, bro. <laughs> You just set your you just set your people back twenty years. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my god! They're gonna get you out of here. Come in, morning, in here bro. on this one. Karen, <laughs> <laughs> right, what's going on, reunion, We do have shirts, <laughs> and we got plenty of seasoning. So I don't know where you're from, Dan, but we keep it really good on that. So. <laughs> so it's not a white people thing; it's a Dan thing. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So and we ain't got no raisins or potato salad. <laughs> Hey, what kind of potato salad do you guys have? <laughs> hey, man. I There's only one type of potato salad. Bro, I sent my wife to the store this weekend, bro, to get the potato salad. I barbecued some chicken, made me some baked beans. I was like, babe, go pick up some potato salad. I'm not going to make no potato salad, bro. I was like, go pick up some potato salad from Publix. So I didn't give her the exact name of it or anything like that. She came back, bro. It was home-style Potato salad, like weird cut ass potatoes. It wasn't southern or nothing. I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. You probably had to add your own stuff. <laughs> it just, it just don't, it don't taste like southern potato. Like Publix, we're going record, bro. Publix southern potato style, like southern style is fucking fire, dog. Like that shit's clutch. You don't have to make no potato salad. Swing by Publix, grab you two containers, you good. But you only get southern. You can't mess around with the home style, bro. There's no in between. There's no Great area. You got to go southern. So, I was looking for a divorce lawyer this weekend, but I couldn't find one, so I'm going to I just ate the home style. Oh, man. Gotta go through life. Oh, man. Hey, I got the song this week? No, I think Ahmad's got the show. And now, you know you know what, guys? 
I'll get the song again. Oh no, you don't got uh, the song. Come on, I got it. <laughs> you off for like a month, cuz. <laughs> Ahmad, you got the song. Envy me, man. Y'all play the Oh, you gonna play it right now? <laughs> I'll I'll like it. Don't worry, man. I'll get it for you. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. Yeah. Nah. I'm on. We got a know, producer to throw it in the back. You don't need to plug yeah. it into your. Uh, yeah, I your know who that now. is. I'm having, I'm having a brain fart right now, but I know exactly who that is. Yeah, that. Yeah, it slaps. It slaps. That's too hood. That's I'm with the gang, I'm with the mob, what was you thinking? Remember them days and that shit was hard, a nigga been thinking I put a four in a 20 ounce, a nigga been drinking If you with the squad, I give you my heart, a nigga, I mean it I was fighting some demons, in the field, bitch, I'm deep in I was raising a deep end, I know niggas be sinking Take your bitch and go deep in Back while you tweaking Come around with that rah-rah We leave you dead on the semen With the game, we ain't playing fair Matter of fact, we don't play at all OG was in the air, but we bout to run Till we smoke it all Putting on the front, boy, you bout to fall We don't kill them dead, we don't kill them all May spend a 10 when I'm in the mall I was on the bin with it in my draw. Hit that smoke and I'm blacking Hit that smoke and I black out If he run, blow his back down I was gone, but I'm back down These niggas gon' fall, whoa, but I never back down In the school, I was trapping in the school, you was class clown. Down the street, yeah, I pray to love my soul to keep. Lock a lock, if I got the keys. Yeah. Pull up, make all niggas bleed. Yeah. I got what I like overseas. Bitch, how about I hit NBA? Bitch, how about I hit MVP? Yeah. Hey. I got money, envy me. Yeah.